Merry Christmas, everybody, and thank you for kicking it in the second half. You know, if you're working or just getting away and trying to escape Christmas or the holiday season, I'm here with you recording this. It's not quite midnight yet, but by the time I finish this episode, it will be Christmas. But for anybody who's not celebrating Christmas or just not celebrating any holidays, I hope you're doing well. But today is the day for the Christmas Day game, so we're going to get into that. There's five games like usual, all back to back to back to back. You know what's special about the Christmas Day games if you're interested in watching all of them? What's cool, I think, you know, from a player's perspective is that basketball fans, they have to tend to each game individually. So, you know, all eyes are focused on you and a perspective of viewership that each time frame is dedicated to just those players there's no overlapping games you know unless there's overtime that is where one game is starting as the other one's finishing but outside of that you know if you're watching the first game Sixers and Knicks that's all you're watching for professional basketball Again, why aren't they bringing back the Christmas Day jerseys? Put on Twitter, do you like that? I preferably like to see a different type of jersey for Christmas. Uh, sometimes they're hit or miss, but hit me up at K-I-S-H underscore Y-Z. So an interesting thing for me looking at these slate of games is that Brooklyn did not make the cut this year. They were in there last year, but I assume it's probably because when they were doing the schedule, they assumed that this Brooklyn team would not be the same team that they started off the season with. But so far, you know, they still have KD, Kyrie, and Ben Simmons is playing. Still not shooting threes, by the way, though. But they did not make the cut for the slate. Um, also, I would like to mention that the Pels could be in this next season. If Zion stays healthy, he's the key for them being on TV for a Christmas Day game. Uh, as we're seeing with the Grizzlies this year, this is their first ever Christmas Day game. And obviously the headliner being John Morant. So keep an eye out next year for the Pelicans if you're a New Orleans fan. I think that could be a great possibility. I do have some things that I would turn around. Just looking at these slate of games, you know, knowing what we know now with the injuries and some of the players that's being missing. Let me throw in some side notes real quick. Backtrack. Andrew Wiggins is out for the Warriors still. Then you still have Curry out about two more weeks, I think is what the reports are saying. And then Murray is good for the Nuggets, but Booker's going to be questionable, so we're not sure there. And Tyrese Maxey's out for the Sixers. He's been out for a while, so he's still not there. So everybody's missing some somebody along the way. I mean, uh, between the slate of games, I think the Nuggets are maybe the healthiest team and the Grizzlies because they got basically all their players back and the Celtics possibly there. But, you know, even looking at the first slate of games or the first game on the slate, you got the Sixers and Net Knicks. The Sixers are, like I said, mixing, missing Tyrese Maxey. Uh, the Knicks are relatively healthy, but the Lakers are obviously missing AD for the second game on the TV series there. And the Mavs should be healthy. Not sure if it quite matters as long as Luka's playing. So if Luka was out, 
that would be a very depressing game. But for what I would do, knowing what we know now, I would take the Hawks. I would give them to the Mavs. I think the Hawks-Mavs would be a cool matchup. Going back to the 2017 draft, I believe that's what it was, where the Hawks and the Mavs swap picks. So uh, that's how Trey Young ended up with the Hawks and the Mavs ended up with Luka. I think that would be a fun play on that draft class to have those two guys go head-to-head on Christmas Day. I think it would be pretty appealing this year if that were to hap- had happened. And I like what the energy that the Hawks have. I need to watch a full game this season of them. But their dynamic this year is different than last year when they added DeJounte Murray in the offseason. And then also just looking at the two other games, I would put the Blazers with the Nuggets. I think, knowing what we know now, the Blazers are playing very well this season. And I think since they look pretty healthy, that the Blazers and Nuggets might be a little bit better product than what the Suns could offer if Booker ultimately doesn't play. And then I would do the Pels, the Pelicans against the Grizzlies. I think that would be cool because, again, uh, another draft year, uh, 2019, with Jaw and Zion going one and two, I think that would be really cool to see that matchup. A lot of high energy, a lot of dunking. I think it would be a lot of energy there for a Christmas Day game. So I'll try to drop in a little bit of fun facts as I go. I did do a little bit of research, which is way more than what I normally do when I prep for a podcast. I usually just go off the top and kind of think about things I like to talk about, which is usually not a whole lot of stats, just anything I can think off the top of my head. But going through the slate of games, we have Sixers versus Knicks, Lakers versus Mavs, third games, Bucks versus Celtics, Grizzlies versus the Warriors, and Suns at Denver facing the Nuggets as the final game of Christmas Day. So looking at these games, there's a couple side notes that I have. I'm going to start off with the Sixers versus Knicks. And ironically, I have no notes for this game. But I think I did see something when I was writing down the games, copying off the internet, that the Sixers and Knicks are meeting for the 13th time on Christmas Day. Don't know where it dates back to, but... There's your fun fact for this series matchup. But what I like about this matchup, starting off with Sixers and Knicks, is that um, you have your main pieces there. Like I said before, Maxi is out, and I think he's a key contributor to the Sixers team if they want to win a championship this year. Uh, Harden's definitely um, a piece of that, and Joel has to be healthy. If he's not healthy, then you can just kind of flush, flush that down the drain, but... With them at least having Embiid and Harden and the way they've been playing, especially the way they played Friday night, that is going to be key for winning this matchup. The Knicks were going on a hot streak there, but they did lose to their opponent on Friday. I think that was the Celtics. I cannot remember exactly, but they lost. No, I think it was Chicago. DeRozan uh, buried a late game, uh, game winner, like a few seconds left. So it broke the Knicks' winning streak of eight. That would have been nine. So the Knicks are looking for a little bit of redemption this game. Mind you, has been playing in Madison Square Garden. So, you know, the crowd's going to be really into it. You know, you get that Knicks traditional game. I think they're like, they've been on, on TV for a while for Christmas Day games. Um, 
you know, maybe they missed a season a few years ago, but it, it just seems like they're one of those teams that's always on there, and especially the Sixers, too, ever since Embiid's been healthy. So, you know, kind of traditional look for what we see in this matchup. But I think it'd be a great game to start off for the Christmas Day slate just because of the amount of competitiveness with, you know, the Knicks basically having everybody that they need to play as far as their rotation is healthy. And I did see the other day or or heard on the broadcast that Tom Thibodeau had shortened his rotation down. So that's been helping the players to uh, win games over the uh, last couple weeks in the month of December. So he's shortened the rotation from, I think, 11 down to 9. And R.J. Barrett's been balling. I think he just, like, dropped 40. So uh, that is pretty awesome. And I think Embiid dropped 40 on Friday. So, you know, two players that dropped 40. I don't see um, R.J. doing that again in this particular game, but it's very well possible. Uh, Julius Randle's still been playing very well. And then just the addition of... Um, Brunson, it's been tremendous for them. I mentioned that before, that having Brunson was a key uh, signing for them this season to have a better quality season. And it's he's lived up to the hype so far and has provided what the Knicks were lacking. So we'll see how that product finishes off for the end of the regular season. But for the Sixers on their side, yeah, Embiid definitely has to keep playing at that MVP caliber level. And James Harden has to be that wingman that relieves a lot of pressure. But another thing that the announcers didn't mention with the Sixers game on Friday was that uh, Tobias Harris, he's been assigned different tasks. They've been switching up what his specific assignments have been along the season as far as what they need him to contribute to the team, whether it be his defense, his three-point shooting, um, between those lines, and I think there was a third option in there that he's answered the call, and it's been working for Doc Rivers. So this is a great Sixers team this year. This is the team for me that needs to get over the hump uh, to represent people or the players that are at the end of their prime ages, which I'm talking about players that's in their early to mid-30s. You know, it, Harden has the best chance when you're looking at uh, teams currently like even stuff with the Warriors, he's he's hurt, and they're lacking that depth off the bench as far as uh, scoring and defense when they're in the game. Uh, LeBron, you know the story there with the Lakers. Um, uh, Damian Lillard. I mean, there's just some players that need the opportunity uh, or have the chance of winning, but they need to uh, kind of solidify something as far as getting to the finals at least because the younger generation they're just they're on the tear they're just ready ready to take over the league i mean you got a lot of upcoming superstars but you got guys who are already making a name uh not even being that far into the playoffs so it's just crazy how i think the times are finally shifting uh here in the next couple seasons if they haven't already um with us seeing the Celtics in the finals last year. And, and they're fairly young guys. But we'll get to the Celtics a little bit later. But yeah, with the Sixers and Knicks, I would say if the, if the both teams are playing like they have been playing, I would think it's going to be a close game. Probably both score over 100 points. And I would think that the Sixers would take it because it would be hard to find an answer for Embiid unless you were able to get him emotionally riled up because he would be a type of person that you can uh, maybe get flagrance against, that get him out the game somehow, or he's just able to um, just have, have a bad shooting night if you can get in his head. 
which may be hard because the Knicks also have somebody like that in Julius Randle. So it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, what I'm most intrigued about is going to be the uh, backcourt play uh, for both teams just to see how their wing players are, are playing uh, front courts. I think it's going to be uh, good matchups between Embiid and Randle. And then you have Robinson in there for uh, rebounding and shot blocking. And then you have Tobias for the Sixers who can lock down wingmen or, or hopefully R.J. Barrett uh, if you're on the Sixers side. And then, like I said, for the Knicks, uh, if R.J. has a, a great game and Julius and Brunson have a great game all together uh, with the Knicks three that they have as a core, I think that looks really promising for them. But I'm going to stick with the Sixers for this one. Game two for the Christmas Day lineup, Lakers versus Mavs. This is probably the game that I'm least interested in. And I have to leave the house tomorrow for, or today, for this time period. Hopefully, this is the only game I miss, which should be fine because I really want to watch game three, which is the Bucks versus Celtics. But the Lakers-Mavs, um, I mean, the excitement there, if you want some excitement for pregame hype, would be that... LeBron is obviously waiting to pass Kareem. That's still a thing that's going on. LeBron is dropping over 30 points a game for the, like the last five, six games that he's played. So that's also a plus. So I expect a lot of scoring from him. And then obviously I would expect a lot of scoring from Luka as well, who just dropped 50. He dropped 50 points, almost had a triple-double, but I think he was two rebounds short or two assists short. I can't remember. But anyway, 50 points, that is a lot Big numbers from Luka. This is, like I said, a home game for the Mavs. So could Luka put up 50 for Christmas? I mean, the things are lining up where he just dropped 50. He's playing against a childhood idol in LeBron. And he's playing on Christmas Day. So I think all three of those things should equal up to at least 40, right? 40, 50, 55 piece. We'll see what Luka gives us. So I'm pulling for him to do great things. LeBron, yeah, give me 30 points. Um, the assists, if you get it, eight assists with the players that you're playing with, that that's awesome. But give me six assists, uh, eight to ten rebounds, something like that. Uh, another fun fact, because I told you I would throw some of those in here, is that this is LeBron's 17th Christmas Day game, putting him in the league for the most Christmas Day games played by an individual player. And also, um, LeBron is already the Christmas Day leader in points scored on Christmas Day, so that's going to continue to grow for him. But another year down, and he's healthy enough to play in a Christmas Day game. So that's actually very, very uh, impressive because of not just playing 20 seasons, but to be healthy enough to play all of these Christmas games uh, as far as even with the injuries he's had in the latter part of his career here where he is the later part of his career where he's had to uh, take games off or even he's had these minor injuries. Uh, the major one is like a growing injury that flares up here and there when they put on the injury report. So for him to actually be ready to, and good to go and in great shape for uh, Christmas Day again is pretty awesome. But yeah, this game I, I could definitely pass on. So I'm fine if I do miss this. But yeah, definitely give me the maps for this one. The Lakers can just score maybe about 90 points, 95. Uh, I mean, don't really have to worry about the Mavs' interior defense here because there's not a lot of interior players that the Lakers have outside of like LeBron and Thomas Bryant, I guess. So um, 
Yeah, 90 points, 95 for the Lakers. Unless there's no defense being played and they just let LeBron uh, do whatever he wants for stat packing, whether it be scoring, passing. Um, the Lakers may give over 100, but uh, Mavs, give me like 120 to 130. I think Luka's going to put on a show. I actually have a feeling that Tim Hardaway Jr. might actually show up in this one just because of the lack thereof for uh, defense um, that the Lakers would put on him. So I think he will get some open shots. It's just a matter or not if he's knocking down those shots for the day. So Tim Hardaway, I would say he'd get over 20. But um, I'm not wagering that specifically, at least not right now. I don't know what I'm going to do for that. But I'm just throwing that out there. If you want to go roll with it, feel free. But that's about as exciting it's going to get for me against uh, with this matchup, Lakers against the Mavs. Um, just thinking also that the Lakers aren't playing at the Staples Center, which is not called that anymore, the Crypto Arena. They're playing in Dallas. So usually I think it's kind of cool seeing uh, – Lakers home game whether or not they win because um, I think it just brings more of a celebratory atmosphere because you usually have those celebrities that are there in the stands more often there than basically anywhere maybe a Clippers game or something like that or New York but anyway definitely give me the Mavs Game three, Bucks versus Celtics. Can you hear this? Yeah, that's me rubbing my hands together because this is the game I definitely want to watch. I think this is going to be probably the most anticipated game on this slate. Again, there is an injury report for this. I think Chris Middleton is doubtful for this. So we're not going to have a full loaded Bucks team. Even if Chris Middleton was playing in this game, I think that it still would be a challenge for the Bucks to uh, have him perform at an all-star level just because he's still recovering from getting his reps in, coming off of that injury, and just sustaining being on the floor that long. But he's dealing with knee soreness still. I thought he was doing very well a couple weeks ago when he was playing more often than not, but he's missed several games in a row, hasn't played in over a week. Um, so th that's a hit for the Bucks. Also, another hit for the Bucks, which could be motivation. They did lose against the Brooklyn Nets on Friday night. So the Bucks here, they're definitely fighting a, you know, an uphill battle. So it's almost like a must win for the Bucks as far as getting some great momentum for them. But I don't know. The Celtics are definitely looking great. Uh, I do want to say that this is a rematch from last year's Christmas Day. And then this team also met up in the playoffs last year as well. But from Christmas 2021, the Bucks won apparently after being down by 19. So that's my little note, my research that I did before the podcast. Um, on the Celtics side, they're going to be relatively healthy. It looks like, as far as recording of this, it looks like Robert Williams is good to go he has been playing so he should be okay for this game and I'm sure his minutes are going to be managed I wouldn't expect him to get over 20 maybe 22 at most but probably let's say 18 to 22 so that averages to be about 20 minutes 
which might be enough to do what he needs to do for this game anyway. Um, as long as Tatum and Brown are healthy and at least uh, another guard somewhere between Brogdon, White, and Smart are having a decent performance, then I'll look for the Celtics to win this game. Now, it may not be easy because the Bucks are going to be motivated coming off that loss. This is an away game for the Bucks, So their Christmas is a little bit different than the Celtics who play at home after having, you know, everybody was off for Christmas Eve, December 24th. So we'll see what happens. I was watching the game on Friday night, and I forget which announce. I think it was Richard Jefferson. He was doing the announcing for the Suns-Grizzlies game, and he was mentioning something about, I think it was our, uh, I think it was him. It might have been somebody else, but they were talking about how you can be on the road, and they like to play road games when they were playing professionally at this time of the year because teams that were playing at home were kind of not as locked in into the game because they were focused on family, people coming in, making sure they had enough people or tickets for their relatives to come to the game to watch them play, uh, even if it wasn't a Christmas Day game, but just because it's the holiday season. So for the Bucks, they may have a little bit of an edge. But to me, the Celtics have the biggest edge because they're still playing with that chip on their shoulder from the finals where they lost the series against the Warriors after being up. So I recently just got my Slam Magazine in the mail, which I signed up for that last year. I don't really read magazines much at all, but I used to get the Slam Magazines back in high school back in the day. So it was kind of like something that I did. I got like one of those things to sign up for, you know, cutting the cover price in half or whatever the case was. So anyway, Tatum was on the cover of this and I decided to actually read the cover story because back in the day I would just get it for the picks and the kicks and just look at what everybody was wearing or talking about off the court as far as fashion in the league. But the cover story was talking about Basically, Tatum's revenge about the chip on his shoulder after the NBA Finals, how he didn't really sleep for a day or two, and he was skipping out on his Father's Day uh, vacation that they normally take that time of the year because they lost on final, on uh, Father's Day this past year when the uh, Warriors sealed their championship win. And anyway, he was just going through it, you know. And then they said that when he decided to uh, do his summer workout in LA, which apparently he does every summer in the off season, that he was a lot different. He mentioned something about, you know, he normally goes golfing during that time of the year when he's in LA because of the weather and being in that scenery. He did not decide to go golfing. He just did his normal uh, workout, but in a more intense way and focused just on that, focused on doing the full day's worth of work, getting back to the crib, getting some rest to hit it again the next day. Like all day, every day dedication while he was in Los Angeles. So this is why we're seeing the Celtics so intense. Like that's just one of a handful of players for the Celtics. But Jalen Brown has been uh, a key contributor every year, improving his game as well. So the Celtics have a lot here. Uh, I think they actually have a lot to lose if they were to lose this game. So, you know, when they were doing their revenge against the Warriors, they did lose that game back the other month against the Warriors. Curry was still healthy. So that was 
Actually, that might have been at the beginning of this month. It wasn't that long ago when they were on their West Coast trip. So that's something that um, I'm sure is going to linger in the back of their minds too. So they got to definitely take out these uh, big opponents. And this is a Christmas Day game. You know, look for Tatum to have. I think Tatum and Brown can go for 35 apiece easily again. Uh, I would say somebody might be uh, on the verge of dropping 40 here. And, you know, the odds tell me it should be Tatum, but it could be Brown. Uh, it'd be impressive if it was both. That'd be like 80 points combined. That'd be crazy. But they are playing the Bucks, so I'm going to give Bucks some credit on defense. You look at Brook Lopez and what he's doing, that's amazing. Uh, Drew Holiday is locked in as well. Uh, one of the most underrated perimeter uh, defensive players there. And then, of course, Giannis. So, um, so I'm going to have to tone it down a little bit there. But I really like the odds for the Celtics. But we'll see if they're having a somewhat holiday hangover going into this game or if they're locked in and ready to roll. So give me the Celtics, but it's going to be a close game. Game four, Grizzlies versus the Warriors. This is going to be a sad game for the Warriors, in my opinion, or an even sadder game for the Grizzlies if they were to lose this game. They don't have Curry in this game. He's still out, like I said, for two weeks. But there's a lot on the line here as far as ego, I guess you could say, going back to last year's playoff matchup. Uh, looking at that game from Friday when I mentioned that the Grizzlies were playing the Suns, uh, man, they were just toying with the Suns. They were so locked in. They were even playing full court uh, pickup early, like late into the game, early in the game, late in the game. It was just something that you could tell they had this intensity of taking over the West and not sure if you noticed or have seen that John Morant had an interview earlier this week and he had mentioned about um, – or he had a question asked about the West, if he was worried about the West. But basically, the question was formed in the shape of which team did he think he had to go through. And he said the Boston Celtics, which for obvious reasons makes a lot of sense because the way Brown and Tatum are both playing. But the reporter responded back and asked, you know, nobody in the West? He said, I'm good in the West. So I think Stephen A. interpreted that as, you know, Jaw's not worried about the West. You know, you could spin the words around. Sure, you could do all of that. But when Jaw is talking about he's good in the West, I mean, he says he's good in the West. Like, he's not worried about the actual competition of what do you have to go through because he's thinking, look, if I'm making it all the way to the finals or if I'm in my conference finals and I'm going to, you know, be so intense because I'm playing to get to the finals or I'm playing for a championship, the West is taken care of because if I can't get through the West, then I can't make it to the championship round. So he's thinking, who do I have to play in the championship to win a championship? And that makes a lot of sense. Like, yeah, there, uh, I would argue that the Bucks could be uh, definitely coming out the East this year or the Sixers have a possibility, but the Boston Celtics are the stronger fa- favorite of those three of anybody in the East. So Jaws thinking realistically, but also in the form of confidence. I mean, the way the Grizzlies were playing against the Suns, they didn't have Devin Booker, but they did what they had to do. But they were playing very intense, or at least Dylan Brooks was. He was just locked in, and I don't know what he ate that day or what he was trying to trying to prove as far as if something was said on the court, because he was playing like something that was happening 
in the middle of the game. He was locked in. It was great. It was excellent. Desmond Bain also came back. So uh, Bain should be good for this game. And he played very well for coming back after missing the last eight, 18 games, something like that. He's been out for a while. So he looked great. Uh, Triple J looked great. Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, also Clark played very well. Both of those guys had a double-double for the game. And for this game, the Warriors are going to be shortchanged. And, you know, they're going to look to see what they can do. It's a home game. Now, the Warriors do play better at home, but they also play better when they have Stephen Curry. But we'll see what kind of streaky shooting you might see from, like, Jordan Poole or maybe even Clay. If you see, like, a 20-30 point quarter for Clay, that'd be uh, a good hope for the Warriors. But... The trash talking, I think it's going to be there. This is the game that I would say, watch out for the technicals. I don't know if it needs to going to be assessed. I would think there's going to be um, probably at least two, probably at least one from each side, and one of those people being Draymond Green. But, um, yeah, this is going to be the most intense game. If I can't make it back to watch the Celtics and Bucks, I definitely wouldn't mind seeing uh, – half or most of this game just to see how everything's playing out even if there's a score differential I feel like the Grizzlies are going to be over there on their bench with it being a away game for them just hyping each other up hyping the players up on the court the bench players that is if that were to be the case and I think it's going to going to be uh great for TV so definitely look out for this game and look out for the highlights if you don't get to watch it but um yeah, Jaw's definitely not worried about the West, and he's not worried about this game. Not that he can't play uh, slacking game, a slacker's game, but he he knows that with the capability of his team and what he can bring to the court, that it's going to be something that they're going to have to watch out for him more than they're going to have to. He's going to have to watch out for them. So, I think this is definitely going to be the Grizzlies' game to lose. So I'm sticking with that, and I expect the Warriors to be probably under 100 points for this just because the Grizzlies are going to be locked in on defense. I mean, Jaron Jackson Jr., it goes back and forth, but I think when I heard it on Friday, he was leading the league in blocks. So him and Brooke Lopez are right there uh, going back and forth, but uh, I I would say that Triple J gets at least three blocks in this game, and... uh, It's going to be fun to watch. And the last game for Christmas Day, Suns versus Nuggets. Um, If I'm still watching basketball at this point, which usually I am, but I kind of fall asleep during the fifth game. And with this game, maybe not having Devin Booker, he's questionable. It might not be as intense. So if the game is starting to get carried away, I would probably fall asleep watching this game just from being tired and um, wake up and see that the Nuggets have possibly blown out the Suns without Devin Booker being on the court. But anything can happen in this game. I think if Devin Booker does play, 
I would hope that he's not too rusty to put up 40 for us. And maybe Jamal would have one of those NBA bubble games. Um, you know, the real reason for me watching this, it might be just because the, the Phoenix Suns usually have some dope jerseys on for this season. Like, I, I have Jokic on my uh, fantasy team, but uh, I do like Jamal Murray. But there's not a lot for me going on as far as from a fan perspective to just watch this. I like Chris Paul, but I mean, I know he's hit or miss half the time. So I can't expect too much from him as far as showmanship. But he could have one of those fourth quarters where he drops like 18 or something like that. So uh, Devin Booker needs to be playing in this game for me to be highly interested in it. So that would make it for a great matchup. Uh, outside of that, the Suns are also missing both Cam still, Cam Payne, Cam uh, Johnson. So they're still short change. So they're not the Phoenix Suns that we saw last year. Um, unless you're thinking they're the Phoenix Suns we saw in last year's playoffs when they got exited out by um, the Pelicans. I think that's who did it. Or the Grizzlies. Which, whoever exited them out, that was just a poor performance by the Suns uh, being a healthy team like they were and a great team last season during the regular season. But the Nuggets, I think they've gotten everybody back now because Michael Porter Jr., just showed up last game. And I think he actually had 18. So that's actually a pretty decent performance for him um, the last season or two in the league, especially if you have him in fantasy. He's been inconsistent game to game. He might go in a spell where he's getting 18 to 20-something points to 13 or something and shooting bad. So we'll see what kind of night this ends up being for him. But Jamal Murray, if he can have a big game, that'll be dope. I think he had like... 25 or 27 last game, and Jokic had like 25, I think. So I think they combined for 50, and both had double-double. So I think Jamal Murray was actually two assists short of a triple-double, something like that. So that'll be interesting to see what comes about in this game stat-wise. But I would say Booker's out, the Nuggets are getting blown out. If Booker's in, this would be a lot tighter game. They are playing in Denver, and I don't know how the Suns players are, but sometimes you hear of different players get affected by the high altitude in Denver. So that could be uh, part of the effect that, um, or a home court advantage that this team has versus away teams. But I would say that the Nuggets could squeak out the win if Booker's playing because he could be rusty and win by maybe single digits. And for the Suns to win, they definitely need Booker, and they need to play at a high intensity, and they need Aiton to drop at least 20 to 25 and clear out another double-double. And Chris Paul needs to get over 15 points. Um, and I think that'll put them in, in good standings if Booker's having a hot night. Thanks, everybody, for kicking it in the second half. Kishwazi, I was able to sneak away or should I say get permission to record this for y'all on Christmas Day. So I hope you enjoy the games. Or if you're listening to this afterwards, I appreciate that. Enjoy your holidays. Everybody stay safe. Till next time, peace and love.